this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're listening to Finale, Episode 21, The Deuce. Hello, and welcome to Finale. The show where we do a show about a show that usually at least one of us knows. Has watched. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, however, we are going to talk about a show that we both know. Do you want to introduce yourself? I do. You forgot to roll your eyes the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to get there. We're, we're do- I was trying to do a little banter. All right. Without any banter. I'm the banterless Carrie Angolia. Hello, and I'm Ron Richards. And as you mentioned, this is a show that we have both watched. In fact, this is a rare uh, occasion for an episode of Finale. This is not only a show that we both watched, but it's a show that we watched together. It would be weirder if we watched it apart. Unlike the shows we've covered that are 20 years old. Right. Well, because, I mean, yes, because this show literally just ended. In fact, we're recording this the day after the series finale aired. Uh, we have not watched it yet. We're going to watch it. We're going to watch it after this part. Just in a minute, uh, yeah. But, yeah, but as you mentioned, we were doing The Deuce, which is an HBO drama uh, that premiered drama. In a, uh, premiered on September 10th, 2017. And we watched it then. I started watching it. You were not interested and then you got interested as it was on in the back, as you, you could not watch it. Right. Because we live in a one-room apartment. Right. Well, so two rooms, but we were in the main room. So One of the rooms is the bathroom. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do we want to now address why I did not, I was not as interested in the beginning? Well, no, we'll hold off. We'll, we'll, so hold we'll, off we'll get through the facts, and then we'll get to that. Um, right, so, yeah, so the show's The Deuce uh, premiered on September 10th, 2017. It's created by George Pelicanos and David Simon. Um, those are David Simon has a big following from Homicide and The Wire, and, and they worked on the, they worked on George Pelicanos and David Simon worked on those as well as Treme, which came out after The Wire, before The Deuce. Um, I have not seen... Well, we'll get, this, we'll get to that for a second. Um, so the first episode of September 10th, 2017. The last episode was just yesterday, October 28th, 2019. It ran for 25 episodes, uh, three seasons of roughly eight episodes per season. I think there was one, ep- one season had nine, had, had nine episodes. Um, when it premiered, just so this is in context to, and I always like to give the ratings, yeah. ratings, ratings, um, in context to other TV shows. And it just shows the changing times because when it premiered, it was a Sunday night HBO drama two years ago, and it premiered to a 830,000 person audience. So it didn't even break a million yeah, viewers. Yeah, that seems, that seems low. And then the finale, which was just last night, uh, clocked in 294,000 viewers. So barely a quarter of a million uh, people watched this finale. And I think this speaks to what I've heard you say before, which is there's too much. 
There, there is too much, and and it there is, are too many platforms. There are too many. I'm sorry, creators. There are too many opportunities for you. Yeah, I cannot watch all of this. And the Deuce is so good, and nobody talks about it. <laughs> well, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about how good it is after we watch the finale. But um, first. Uh, Ha- coming into this when I said, I'm going to watch this new show on HBO called The Deuce. Do you want to watch it? I was like, eh. And why were you eh? It's just so in your wheelhouse that sometimes I'm like, you have enough enthusiasm for the both of us. Well, let's but- clarify my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is defined as period pieces set in New York City, preferably 70s, 80s. Gritty. Nothing gritty, but nothing like Vinyl, which was on HBO, which failed after one season. Same kind of premise. New York City in the 70s loved it. My wheelhouse is not horrors and porn. That was, which is the other subject matter that Deuce deals with. I did not mean to infer that. Okay, good. I just want to make that clear. Because for those who don't know, the Deuce is set in New York City in Times Square. Starts in 1973 in season one. Goes to, I think, 1977 or 78 in season two, and then 1984 in season three. And it's when it came out, it was going to be, it's going to tell the sordid tale of the sex industry and New York City, um, or, you know, in the span period of, of the, you know, the, the conversion of uh, uh, Times Square. And for me, at least the first season, so because it jumps years, the characters evolve. progress and grow and evolve, as does the business. And the first season was just especially difficult to watch. It was very good, but my hesitation came from kind of seeing scenes out of the corner of my eye, and it was, it was, Violent. Raw. I mean, and, yeah. I mean, you had pimps yeah. and and hookers and pimps disciplining their hookers and, it was and very abusive uh, yeah. and. Yeah, it was hard to watch. Yeah, but they toned that down in the second season, and they toned that down in the third season, just because the pimps kind of went, you know, by the right. way, you know, they, they, they evolved out of it. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, we'll talk about what we think with the series, but I think it's this series is an interesting evolution of what it originally set out to be versus what it became. You know, and I'd be curious kind of whether they knew where they were going the right. whole time. Right, if they had and, that yeah. intention yeah, exactly. or if it, it grew along with the series. Right. But um, so going into it, you were wary because of the subject matter and the rawness. Correct. At what point did you flip over and say, okay, yes, I'm watching this show versus you're in the room while I'm watching it? Because uh, that's a distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I honestly think I wasn't really into it until the second season. Right. I, which I agree. I, I even wonder if there are episodes of the first season, like, did you see all of the first season? Maybe I not. I would be surprised we didn't, so. Um, so for those who either watch The Deuce or don't watch The Deuce for their amusement, what can you tell me about The Deuce now that you've watched it? I mean, I'm surprised this hasn't already come up, but there are two James Francos. Correct. There is one... Twin brothers. ...magnificent Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And one is like too much for this earth. Like <laughs> we are not worthy. I really like her, especially in this role. Yeah. Um, and then a cadre of, of other players yep. um, who start, yeah, who who start in very, very different places than they end up. I mean, I don't want to yeah, we'll give away basically happens, the but. whole series, but um, it's interesting who you follow and who you empathize with and who, who you root for. And yeah, root where against. your allegiances are. Yeah. And I've had more than one moment where I was like rooting for someone who's really not a good person. Um, Which you have a hard time with. Like, you had, like, that still came up in Seinfeld, was that you, 
if a show depicts someone who's not a good person, you turn on it. Like that, that affects your enjoyment of it the does. show. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't, I have some weird. No, it's a moral, it's a moral gauge that I don't have. It's just, it's a kind of obnoxious. I mean, it doesn't help me win friends and influence people. It's the same as like, I think advertising should use proper grammar. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't write advertising that uses proper grammar, by right. the way. Just to, just to put that I out I did there. that yeah. for like, I worked in that business for 20 years. I did yeah. not insist on semicolons. Okay, I get it. But I yeah. just do feel like there's a certain responsibility or an opportunity to present good people and have good things happen to them as opposed to show bad people and have bad things happen to them or have good things happen to them or have you know what i mean or turn a whole audience on their side thinking i love this guy and that guy's horrifying we could talk about barry at another date True. Yeah. When, when Barry ends, we'll talk about that. But um, but this this show is filled with moral ambiguity, ambiguity and gray area, and you know, and and you find yourself rooting for the lesser of multiple evils. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I felt very much always on the side of the underdog. Right. Um. I also think, and again, we can talk about this a little bit later, but the direction that women took or the role that women took as far as subjugated into more independent or leadership or not. Right. And all of those consequences I thought was a great, uh, really interesting path to follow through the, through the three years. I mean, the show definitely could have given the premise of New York times square in 1973. It could have, you know, pimps, hookers, mob, you know, like all that sort of stuff, it could have gone several different directions. And I think the adventure that it took over these three seasons is really, I think, probably a testament to Simon and Pelicanos and all the other writers on the show and, and the directors and stuff like that. But, um, it was, you know, it, it was could, it, they could be original out of cliche. Yeah, exactly. It could have, you know, and this is a story that, you know, that I followed historically. There have been like the, the get down on Netflix took place in 77 in the Bronx. Like it's a very similar time period. We know about the failure of New York city in the seventies and how just what an awful place the city was, you know, the city that, you know, that, 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 you know, while we didn't grow up directly in, we grew up in the, in the shadow of, you know, um, and so feeling a lot of ties to it and being able to remember these times, like this third season when it started takes place in 84 and, you know, there were the first episode. Remember, there was all the B-roll of Times Square, and I was, I was like, oh yeah, I remember the city looking like that, right? Right, right? And so it's a story that we know, but how do you, how do you tell the stories of these characters in that framework that doesn't just become a device to retell history, to like, to, you know, to remap the rise of Koch and the and the the conversion of of Times Square into what it is now, you know, and 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 it, and honestly, like. And again, we keep saying we'll talk about it after we watch the finale. But you know, one of the themes was the the the, the transition of Times Square, and like you could just do a show on the political aspect of that. You I know, mean, like yeah. The thing is, is that there's a lot of really interesting information here, and it was definitely not a documentary. Right. Yeah. And it was done in a way of background because really what was happening to these characters it wasn't about you know them getting the slums out of you know like the the the, the cd part out of times square it was about the people who were doing it and they were like so yeah so it just yeah. really really well done incredibly so. character driven yeah and it just reflected on the context of the yeah. times all right i've been waiting now for 
a far week too long. plus 24 hours to watch far this finale. So do you want to take a uh, take an hour break and go watch this? And We're going to do that. Finish out, finish it, finishing out a whole series together. I mean, that's a first. Three seasons. I'm impressed. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. Hopefully it ends on a high note or a low note. I mean, uh, I mean, it's not going to be a no. high note. <laughs> Just prepare for that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. 25 episodes in the can. The deuce is over. We literally just pressed stop. I know. I'm still kind of absorbing. Processing. Processing. Digesting. So first impressions of the deuce finale. What did you think? Okay. So I immediately want to go to the tropes because I can't get them out of my head. And And that's kind of what we've gone into, right? Right. And then we, I mean, we can go back and discuss like the meat. Sure. Yeah, of course. Way, way more than I thought there would be. They did. I did not expect this to lean into a finale trope. Yeah. I mean, they did the, in the time period, everybody really had their own storyline wrap up. They really went through. Somewhat. I mean, most of them. Yeah. And well, it was funny because leading up to the, this last episode, like the last three or four, I was joking. I'm like, oh, everyone's dying. Like it was, it was just becoming Shakespearean in that like people, everyone was either getting AIDS or getting shot. And I, I thought for seriously that everyone was going to end up dying and it was going to be this grand Shakespearean thing. But the, the, most of our main characters wrapped, most of the characters wrapped up except the main characters, which is James Franco, A, as the surviving brother, and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Like, right. I, don't fe- I don't feel as if their story wrapped up before the jump. Right. Right, yeah. but but really everyone did. Everyone, everyone had plans. Yep. Whether or not we knew exactly what happened to them, we knew where they were going next. Right. They were starting a new chapter. Right. New York, there was a, a pivot point. They shut down yeah. new, Times Square, yeah. the Times Square that was. The sex industry, yeah. And, yeah. and built something new instead, and that's oh. the New York that we now know. I like when you call it the sex industry. It may legitimatize it. Like, it's an industry, you know? Like it's, I mean, it's uh, very much an industry. No, no I know, yeah, but it's just, I, I think that's fine. Sorry, there's a little that, that diversion. So they so they shut they shut down the gay bathhouses, and they, they used the public health crisis to shut down the massage parlors and, and the peep shows and all that other stuff, and that starts the cleanup of New York City, and that's what, we've, what we were watching these last two seasons with Luke Kirby's character, who's... Right. Who's fantastic, by the way, Luke so Kirby? Good. So good. Um, so yeah, so they 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 it's it's over. It ends, and it really it really feels like the end of an era. And again, we got our first finale trope, which is turn off the lights. Right when Paul shuts Paul, the bar down, Paul yeah. shuts down the bar, and it's about to be. Yeah. Where everybody knows yeah. your name, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. about to be that kind of cliche. And it, it even ends with him, you know, he closes up the bar and he goes outside and talks to one of his customers, and they're talking about the change in seasons. And he's saying, right. he's saying, I used to hate fall, coming a fall because of when I had to go to school and blah blah. He's like, but now I really like the change in seasons. And right, like, and, and so, leaving unsaid, uh, you don't know how many he has left. Right, but also we're in a change of season, right, and that, in, in that the, yeah, the, the world is changing and that sort of thing. So, and then. And then... Fast forward. So, not unprecedented. This show has made leaps in time before. 
Sure, right, correct. I mean, it, yeah, it jumped, it jumped five, about f- roughly five or so years in between the seasons. But not in the middle of an episode. Not in the middle of an episode, no. It's always been the seasons. Yep. So we jumped to basically six months ago. L- literally, like, it, it jumps to 20, New York City 2019. At one point, he's walking outside, and in the movie marquee, it was promoting Dark Phoenix, which came out in June. So it literally was four months ago. Yeah, I think they said June. May. Did it say May? Yeah, I think it the, said May yeah, 2019. May. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, As a matter of fact, I, I will say before the show aired, I said, I wonder if they'll show just a little bit of Trump. <laughs> like, I, I thought I thought that was going to be like in the some, 80s. Like in some form in 1984, like this new developer building a... Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no Trump. Spoiler Thank alert. Thank God. But they jumped to present day. Present day 2019. And fascinating <laughs> i did not see that coming no and not only does the present day 2019 but james franco's character has survived and he is at a hotel he's at the westin in times square right so now <laughs> now the juxtaposition is stark yep. and i will venture to say horrifying sure yeah for sure yeah you know, um, he goes into a bar. It's a measured pour. Like it's just every everything that was his world is is come is, 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 is it's opposite of the world. Yeah, so he goes to the hotel bar and gets a, a Hennessy, and it's only a one ounce pour. And he's joking with the bartender, and and he sees the paper, and we find out what happened to Maggie Gyllenhaal, and he sees yeah. an article in the paper that you know renowned femi- her- feminist cinematographer has passed away at the age seventy three, and she she made her movie. With she no, made her movie. With, yeah, with no, with no fucking, and uh, and it was a. It was an art house hit, and Criterion so, released it. And so like, then they're wrapping that up. So that was nice. So so like so he's in his seventies, and he sees this article about candy, and he's and he says, "Atta girl, girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly." And you think, and so, yeah. and you think maybe okay, Lord gonna... of the Rings style, maybe <laughs> this is the end of it. <laughs> But no, but then it gets a little weird, and I didn't see this coming either. No, like this gets super quantum leapy, and and like let's go to. So what trope are we at now? I, this might be a new trope. So we did the time jump that happened yep. in Six Feet Under. Yeah. Well, yeah. Six Feet Under did the, the tell tell you what everyone's what happens to everybody by going through time. Right. Like by, that's the time by leaping yeah, yeah, exactly. forward yeah, exactly. in, in time, and and people are in old people makeup. Yeah. yeah. We did the shut out the lights, which is like every yeah, show. Sure. Yeah. But then this is a. So what happened? I mean, we have this. Explain what happens. So he leaves the hotel bar, he, and, and, he, and he starts he's walking. Just walking th- through his old neighborhood. In forty, he walks Forty Second Street from what is that Eighth Avenue down to seven, down to Seventh Avenue Broadway, um, Port Authority all the way. Right. Yeah, yeah. He walks that whole strip, which was was the Deuce, which was the Forty Second Street, and what happens? And he he sees. He imagines yeah. people from his past, people from the show, everyone from, from their, season from their one. season one looks. Yeah, he sees Leon from the diner, from seventy whatever that yeah, was. Then he sees he sees Method Man and and his uh, whore, and he sees Cece and Lori in their season one looks, and he, see, he sees Candy with her horrible blonde wig, and, and like, it's not just he sees them; he interacts with he someone. interacts with them. So. Yeah. There's, there's sometimes there's a look of acknowledgement. There's a hey buddy, how you doing? There's a light your cigarette. There's there's some interaction. So while while we're taken into the fantastical and the imaginary, there are moments that they play with you a little bit. Yeah, he sees his brother-in-law, 
who's back to the no toupee look and, and they talk on the street. Right. And then and, and, he and, says, yeah, oh, I'm dead. Um, yeah. And then so you're like, oh, so does he know? He Like, is he hallucinating? Yeah. So at a certain point, I didn't know if he knew that those people weren't there. Right. Do you or know if he I was mean? imagining them or, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that it matters, yeah. actually. Yeah. But, you know, in my brain, I'm trying to figure out, like, yeah. is he stroking out right now? Right. Like, are we watching him revisit all those people because... He's in his old haunt and right. they're haunting him. Like, that makes perfect sense. Right. Or is he like actually hallucinating them? Which, again, I don't think it matters, but I think he was really just remembering. Yeah, I think he was just remembering. And, and, and then it culminates with him getting to the Olive Garden of all places and his brother who died in, the, in season three is there and, and they talk and then they go arm in arm down into the subway. Right, which I also thought, like, is he dying? You know right, what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But instead of being led off into the light, he's yeah. led underground. Yeah. And then it pans up, and it's just modern-day Times Square. The, the, the room tone, just the, the, the noise of the city. And good thing we're watching uh, with captions on, because the volume is low, because babies are sleeping in another room. And you see some indistinct chatter in the closed caption, but then it says Abby Parker, and it's his former girlfriend, Abby. Which, talk- who's the only person we didn't see yep. in the... And she's talking about some sort of legal case or whatever. And then you see her cut across the screen in 2019 in a suit. And I guess she became a lawyer and she's still alive. And she literally just missed him. Yeah. I did, at first I was like, oh, just missed, which I don't like. But <laughs> I think it was so imaginary. and, yep. and You don't and- think she was really there? I, I mean, I think that that's, I think that was just an indication that we are supposed to know that that's what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. It, did feel, it did feel a little bit like a tack on. Right. Like yeah. if she was really three feet away, like I yeah. don't think that really matters. If they missed right. each other by moments, I don't think that really yeah. matters. I think what matters is knowing where she is and what she's doing. Although I thought it was interesting that they ended on her. Well, because what I wanted to talk to you about about this show is that when when this show came out, the premise was the sex trade, the sex industry of, of Times Square in the 70s. And James Franco is going to play twin brothers and blah, blah, blah. And oh, and Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it, right? Yeah. And you, I got the sense when the show came out that the show was, it was James Franco's show. And what I got, what happened, I think, in these three seasons is that whether or not, you know, I can't speak to, you know, I, I don't know if it's planned or not. And you got to ask Pelicanos and Simon if, if yeah, and the so rest of them, if whatever. You they know, do. you got to ask them. Like well, the next time we see them, we got to ask them. I'm just saying, I, when, when they do the, the post release interview or whatever, I mean, you know, but um, my guess is that Maggie, the Maggie Gyllenhaal's character's storyline emerged out of doing this project. And 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 she became as much of a anchor a- anchor and a main character as James Franco did, and Abby, James Franco's girlfriend in the show, was always related to him, but also I feel like related to him in terms of his storyline. Like right, she was right. she was Her a support was, she was a supporting right. actor in his storyline. But if you look at what happened with Maggie Gyllenhaal and what happened with that character Abby, is that I feel as if they had interesting character 
development and arcs that that seems like it's one thing and and maggie gyllenhaal says it in this episode because she's working on her film and she's talking she's talking to her boyfriend Corey stall about filmmaking and she's like you know you get this idea when you when you write the script and then you add the actors and then you get on the set and then it takes a turn and then someone does something you don't even expect and turns into something else i feel like that happened on this show i feel like that was a little meta commentary about what happened both with maggie gyllenhaal's character and the abby character that what started out as James Franco's show became this kind of feminist women dealing with this time period subtext that they didn't expect and actually made the show that much better. And and if that is the case, which I I would buy, I think it happened in the transition from season one to two. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. One to two, even more so than yeah. two to three. I think yeah. because season when Maggie, three is when a continuation of, of season, season two. two, but season... Two was a departure. Yes, because what basically what what you know, season one ends with Maggie Gyllenhaal discovering the world of pornography in New York and meeting uh, Crumholz, who's who steals the show. It's so, so good. good, so good. But um, and season one, she could have just they could have gone in the direction of she just acts in the films, but they take this whole direction that she starts making the movies, and like that's what it becomes. I re- you know, it just seems to me like it was not part of the original. Like you know, I don't know. I mean, she's she's. Franco and and her both had uh, producing credits yep. uh, in various parts of it. I think she season, came on in the second, se- in the second season. Season two was directed, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we can look this up or someone, uh, one of you guys can tell us if we're right or not. I believe all the episodes were directed by women in Ex- season two. No, except the episodes that James Franco directed. Except, yeah, because <laughs> that seems on brand. Um no, actually, one of the things about it is that the majority of the episodes were directed by women. Um, I'm going to count the number of men here. I don't know if Alex Hall is a man or a woman. So one, two, three. So half the episodes of season one were directed by men. Um, it looks like, yeah, no, you're right. All of all of season two is directed by women. So if all, correct, all yeah. of season two is directed by women, I think yeah. that... I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, if they right. made that decision first and then that's the direction the whole season took or if the season was shaping up that way and so they made the intentional decision to allow those stories to be told through the eyes of women. Yeah. You know, as directors as well as taking a, a larger role in the story arc itself. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting case study in terms of like the the development of a tv show and how it goes and yeah i would would love to know the behind the scenes kind of like except that every every week there is a behind the scenes and we we never watch it no but it's a cheesy behind the scenes it's not really no it's always like three seconds and you're like but what about i have all these questions i want you to answer but so so this 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 creates the new trope which is seeing people from your past in their how they were when you remember them. No other show did that. OC. Did the OC do that? Didn't he see Misha Barton? He did. Yes. No. He saw himself. He saw. He thought he saw himself. No. He. He saw. He saw. He Misha, saw the kid, but he yeah. saw Misha Barton. Yeah, maybe you might be right. Man, if it's the OC that they're drawing from, that's really. <laughs> I mean, great minds, you know, yeah. great minds. Yeah. Um, but. 
I, I don't know. I mean, this this was good. That was a fun way. I mean, I don't think there's any way you get around doing this show without with the with the subplot of the redevelopment of Times Square be emerging in season two and, and season three coming to a head in season three. And there's no way that you can end this series without going to Times Square now and doing that so. juxtaposition. I don't know. I mean, I, I th- feel I th- like they could have ended it in the '80s, and I think everyone. One of the reasons why it was so stark and and compelling and gritty and disturbing in the beginning was the first season you see a Times Square that is so different than the Times Square that, that, that exists now. Yeah. So everyone who's gone to see Hamilton or The Lion King or yeah. you know goes to the TKTS booth, which isn't a booth anymore, but you know is down yeah. there, was looking at that season one Times Square. And recognizing that contrast, I think you could have ended in the 80s. Yeah. And it, you could have ended with that scene with Ralph Macchio and this used to be the Princess Hotel. And yeah. I think you could have done that. I think it's interesting that they, they jumped all the way forward and you got that. I think it was very satisfying. Yeah. I think that this is one of those episodes, though, that years from now, if you went back and watched... Like, if we had done this episode of finale, yep. where I had never watched the show and I had only watched the finale, yeah. I would have thought the last 20 minutes were stupid, superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> but because I'm invested in the characters, I right. want to know what happened to everyone. Right. right. And so that made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. I think, I think doing the juxtaposition and showing the difference... And I mean, it even begs the question. I mean, yes, I'm I'm not rom- I'm, I'm romanticizing a little, and I'm under underscoring the violence and that sort of thing. But looking at Times Square now versus Times Square back then, when it had a little more character back then, right? like like are oh, we are yeah. we really better off now without? I mean, like well, I think just the- just him. It's what's so funny is just like just him. The shot of him walking one block in the street was making me stressed out. Yeah, like because because we avoid we avoid that. I mean, like oh, yeah, I, you don't go. You there. know, like I, I work I work at the top of Times Square. You know, on the north, you know, the north side of it, and I literally go. I avoid the that area and the center and around it like the plague, just because it's not. You know, like, and, and and it's funny because it's like I, I avoid Times Square now, but when we were when we were younger, when we were teenagers, and this is before it completely turned over. Like when we were in high school, it was the early '90s, and it was still construction was still happening. It was still turning over. It was still rough. And I remember we, you know, we would go to clubs on like 48th Street and Eighth, and we would go up Eighth Avenue around Times Square because like it, like no you don't want to go there because it was dangerous right and so I just think it's funny that no matter what I'm avoiding Times Square no matter what yeah, era it is right. but, yeah. it's, it's but it just now it's just so it's just so gross now well so. and Alston talked about that the yeah. police officer talked yeah. about that during the which first which I thought was a great ending. point which I thought was a great point you know, when they drive up to the Bronx and they're like, it's all still here. Yeah, like all we did was push it out. We moved, we moved it. He, he takes so, – so the cop who was helping clean up the Times Square, helping the city official, they, they, they're victorious. They're going to go celebrate. Um, and he takes them off to the Bronx and, and shows them a – was it uh, – I don't know what street it was. I don't know what street it was. But um, – and there's just a bunch of hookers, streetwalkers on the street. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, we didn't do anything. We just no, moved, we just we pushed just the it. dirt yeah. in yeah. a different corner. Yeah. 
No, and Abby says it even at the town hall meeting in that episode prior. Like, you're going to change Times Square. You're going to clean it up. You're going to change the business. But for who? Yeah. People who come into her bar, they're all people. Right. They're, they're all... They're not evil. They're not... They, they just right. happen to be stuck in that they're world. They're all paying customers. An, and they get an honest drink. It's an honest pour for... Right. Yeah. And yeah. then you shut all that down, and where do all those people go? Right. Yep. I, don't know, I thought it was really, really good. I just love the snapshot of the time period. I, I thought this is a show that every week when the episode was over, I didn't want it to end. And so I was actually not looking forward to this finale because I don't want the show to end. And, and three seasons feels right. Oh, I yeah. Mean, like, I, I wouldn't have wanted them to do another Could you have taken much more? Yeah, that, no, uh, I think uh, that yeah. the story was done. Yeah. And I think it was done very well. Yeah. So, um, okay. So normally we talk about after we see this, uh, the last episode, we say, would you go back and watch the series? But you already did. So a lot of people like to make fun of me because I've never seen Treme or The Wire or Homicide. Treme? Treme. Is it Treme? It might be Treme. I don't know. Yeah, Treme. Obviously, neither one of anyway, us have so, watched that. And everyone talks about how The Wire is the greatest TV show of all time, and it's a David Simon you know, David Simon show. Based on the deuce, would you go back and watch Treme or The Wire? I don't think that that's a fair yeah, question. That's, that's the, it's the question you got. Yeah, but why? Well, I... I don't like that question. I did see the first season on The Wire. Oh, you did? Oh, I didn't know that. I did. Oh, you, that you've seen one season more than I have. I've never yeah. seen a single episode. And then I watched the first... I mean, you guys don't want to hear about this. I watched the first couple episodes of season two, and it's a whole different storyline, and it was hard for me to adjust, and I never yeah. pushed through that, even though I've been told I should oh, yeah. really push through it, because it's you know right. the best show that's ever existed on the face of the planet. Right. But I haven't watched it still. I To me, it's like, the deuce was the deuce. Right. I, it wasn't David Simon's The Deuce. Right. 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 To me... I feel the same way. Like, I have no... So, I haven't seen The Wire, and I haven't seen Treme. I'm actually more inclined to see Treme than I am than The Wire, because Paul from The Deuce is in Treme, from what I heard. Yeah. I, and, I, and that actor, I thought he was yeah. great. I loved him. But um, would I recommend The Deuce? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. To yeah. all those... All, the Only the 200,000 people? Yeah. 294,000. So all right, so there's, you know, whatever, another 300,000 who who skipped yeah. the finale, who yeah. started at the beginning. I want them to go back and watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I want. I, we're missing like three, 400,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> so I want them to go back and watch every episode of it because... Yeah. It was very good. Yep, good. So you're glad, you're glad I watched it and glad I pulled you into it. Yeah, I'm glad it, it took the turn that it took. If it was yeah. all going to be prostitutes, you know, prostitutes and, being pushed or jumping out of windows and yeah. like... Or being slashed with razors and like... Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, it was really yeah. harsh. It's tough, yeah. So, um, no, I'm glad it took the turn. And Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think, was was great. I, she's, I mean, she's Ma- very. She's there's just a lot of people wrong. who stole the show in this, in this, in, in this. So, I mean, like the um, the guy in fir- in the first and second season, the pimp uh, who played Larry Brown. I forget his name. He was on the wire and stuff like that. He stole the show in the second season. Like there were so many great performances. Even the. The, Lori Madison. Lori Madison was great. The the brother in law was in you know tragic you know embarrassment of a figure. Like every character was so rich and so um, and added to the mix of it um, in a way that was just so unique. It was such a great you know kind of a great cast. Just a great collection of, of good yeah. characters. So so we recommend it. Yes, strongly recommend. Go back and watch it. It's on HBO now or go or whatever you can wherever you watch HBO. You can get any of your HBOs. 
Yeah, any of the HBOs. Uh, Maybe so. not Max. That's well, not out yet, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't it'll know if probably, it'll be on it'll, it. It'll be on it, most likely. They don't, they, they don't, it's they, not they, HBO. <laughs> it's just TV. It's just Max. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the Deuce, a uh, more recent one. We will be back soon at some point talking about another show. We should probably go older now that we just done more recent. I know, you say that, but yeah. I just, you know, we got to let the whims of... Yeah, wherever we end up. The, the cable wires <laughs> so, dictate our future. So you can uh, find out what that next one will be by following us. Go on Twitter at Finale Podcast and on Facebook at Finale Podcast. And you can find all the back episodes on our feed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or on the website at FinalePodcast.com. So, uh, I don't know. I miss old Times Square. I mean, I'm we roman- were... I'm romanticizing. We were 10. It. We were 10. We were, we were quite young. No. I mean, we were 15, 14 when... It didn't get really clean until the late 90s. And we were in college at that I mean, point. I just don't... I don't know how to... Fine. 